empty. Yeah, you probably have you really have access to it. Yeah, yeah. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a thumbs up. It does help, and we do appreciate it. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe. I want to see if we can get up to a quarter of a million subscribers. Probably not going to happen tonight, but I'd love to have for it to happen sometime relatively soon. I feel like nowadays for women, really, women only jealous of women. Nice body. It's like, how did they do Permant Kumar says, Chuck, who's your favorite player here? I don't know, there's a lot to like, to be honest. This is a fun table. I mean, Juan is just, Juan is just amazing. I love watching her play. Ling Lin is so charming. Garrett, always engaging and always fun to watch. I mean, Robbie... It's been a lot of fun, too. Nikki Airball. Uh, it's tough to choose this one. I mean, I think this is a really good game. I had my Fitbit at the time, and it showed that I was like 15,000 steps a day. And that's a huge deal, But it's like, you know We are playing 25-50-100 with a 100 ante from the Big Blind at Hustler Casino Live. Folds around to Gator Wade on the button. He has the 5-2 offsuit. He opens it up. What else is he going to do? He makes it 300. Over round to Tim in the small blind, playing effectively 260 big blinds deep. He calls with a mystery hand. Oh boy. Over round to Garrett. He likes to get in there. He likes to battle. He has the jack, nine of hearts, and he opts to re-raise. This may be surprising to some people. They may think that they should always just call with suited connectors. But if you study good, strong GTO strategies, some of the best hands to re-raise when you are deep stacked out of position are going to be decent, suited, connected hands. Hands like Jack-9 suited, 8-7 suited, 6-5 suited. These are all hands that you should be 3-betting some portion of the time so that you actually have good board coverage on all runouts when you do 3-bet before the flop. The problem with only re-raising the absolute best hands is that say the flop does come 8-7-3 or 6-5-2. In those scenarios, your opponents would have all the nuts in their range and you'd have almost no nuts in your range. So as you get deeper and deeper stacked, you're going to find that you want to be 3-betting with a wider range of hands some small portion of the time and some of the best hands to use are going to be the suited connected hands all right over round to gatorade he decides to let the five two go that's probably wise over to tim he decides to call with a mystery hand what could this be now look i don't know anything about tim's strategy but if tim plays reasonably well this is going to be a whole lot of pretty good hands like middle pairs like good strong high cards probably suited Maybe suited connectors, maybe suited aces. So let's keep that in mind as we head to the flop. I misread the board. Did you actually misread the board? Kind of. Kind of. Garrett with a flush draw. Tim with a mystery hand. When? Oh. Thank you, CB. Appreciate it. Tim calls. Flop comes. 10, 4, 3, 2 hearts. Garrett flops almost to nuts. He needs one more heart to have the nuts. I know it's not really the nuts, YouTube commenters. It's the effective nuts. It counts. You're putting all your money in. All right. Tim checks, and Garrett decides to bet 2,000. Notice in this scenario, if he does get raised to something like 6,000, he can easily continue. So that's good. This is a scenario where if we were playing shallower stacked, or perhaps if you know, there was another straddle, and therefore Tim was playing with only 100. 30 big blinds or something like that instead of 200 something 
in that scenario, maybe you cannot necessarily justify betting with flush draws because you really don't want to bet and then get shoved on. But in this spot, you have a very, very easy bet with your draws, especially draws that lack showdown value, because if you bet and get raised, you can still continue. So nice bet from Garrett with the Jack Knight of Hearts. Tim decides to call. Oh, this is a rough spot because Tim's actually getting okay pot odds. The problem with hands like, let's say, King-Queen or Ace-Queen without a heart is that they're not going to realize their equity all that well because if you just face a bet on the turn, you're going to have to fold, right? That said, I do think a lot of players are going to be pretty splashy on these low card boards. So I think we're going to see Tim call with any pair, any gut shot, any backdoor flush draw with an overcard in this scenario. So he's going to have a pretty wide continuing range. Let's head to the turn. What kind of hand does Tim have here? Garrett now with a pair to go along with his flush draw. Twenty-two left. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this guy has 18. I do. Wow, and Tim with the check raise all in on the turn. Turn is the jack of clubs giving Garrett top pair. Some people have all the luck, am I right? Tim checks. Garrett goes for a five thousand bet, and then Tim, pretty confidently. Rips it all in for $22,000, 17000 on top. Holy moly. All right, we still don't know what he has. You need to channel your inner cycle. In the spot, what type of hand do you think Tim has? You think he has a set? You think he has a hand that's good but not a set, like an overpair or top pair? You think he has a high equity draw, like a flush draw or an open-ended straight draw? Or do you think he has a junky draw, like a bad gut shot? Take a second, think about it, pause the video, and write what you would do in the comment section below. This is a situation where you may be able to put your very bad opponents on a specific hand, but you cannot put anyone who is competent on a specific hand in this scenario. What you can be pretty sure about is that your opponent, if they are good, will not be playing a marginal hand like this. Your opponent's probably not going to be check shoving with a 10 or pocket nines or a 4. That would be especially terrible. But this is a spot where if Tim does have a high equity draw, I think shoving's pretty reasonable. If he has a gut shot, like King of Hearts 9, I don't think he needs to be shoving that. I think that'd be pretty aggressive. So I think in this spot, Tim's either going to have a pretty high equity draw, probably one that lacks showdown value, or he's going to have a strong made hand. The interesting thing about this spot, though, is that there's actually not a whole lot of strong made hands, right? It's kind of hard for him to have a jack because Garrett has a jack and he would probably fold the flop with a lot of hands like queen jack. And he could have sets, but a lot of people don't call the somewhat big re-raise out of position with hands like pocket fours and threes, even though perhaps they should if they know Garrett's going to be blasting it off. So assuming Tim does not have all that many sets and he doesn't have all that many top pairs, that heavily pushes him towards having some sort of open-ended straight draw or flush draw. The interesting thing though is that Garrett actually blocks some of the flush draws, right? So... Certainly a rough spot, but fortunately for Garrett, he has a hand that is simply unfoldable. When you have a hand that could be the best hand some portion of the time, or you have a hand that has very good equity with a flush draw, this is a spot where you just have a trivially easy call. But if Garrett had something like Queen Jack in this spot, I think it's way closer, but still probably a call. If he had a 10, well, he probably shouldn't blast a turn like this with a 10. But if he did blast a turn like this with a 10, I think it becomes... A much rougher spot and it's probably closer to a fold. So 
Let's see if you're right. This smells like a set, huh? Set of threes, set of fours. Can't think about four. Two pair, maybe Jackson tens. There's the call. Whatever he would like, it's fine. Two. Or does does Ace Jack? Yeah, you're winning. Two. Ace Jack. Wow. I mean, do I get to see his too? Not nearly as nutted as. Uh, Am I behind? No, I already said you were. Did you not hear me say that? No, no, I didn't. Oh. No. Not nearly as nutted as uh, you'd think, but you still has Garrett in really bad shape. Tim somehow, some way, shows up with the ace jack of diamonds. I think his play's actually fine. Pre-flop on the flop. Eh, you know, it's a little bit loose on the flop, but whatever. On the turn, I like a shove. He has a hand that's almost always good, but vulnerable. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see if he holds up. They're gonna run it twice. Garrett giving his opponent the choice, and we're waiting for a river. Nine. Wow. Garrett drawing live here. To scoop this if he can get a heart on the river as well. Oh, oh man. That's gonna get it. I think re reloading is probably pointless at this point. Are there a few people that will play after as well? No. Yeah. Take my beat down. You want to quit anyway? Huh? I think we'll play after. Yeah. I just don't have much cash on me. I got 25 people left or something. They run it twice. Garrett somehow wins both. Some people have all the luck. Look, whenever this happens to you, whenever you get unlucky, you have to realize it's okay. You got your money in with good equity. You played your hand fine. Such is life. We can move on to the next hand reasonably. Now, Tim decided to leave. When should you leave in a cash game after getting stacked and when should you reload? Well, obviously, if you were like playing too big to begin with or you don't have any more money, you got to leave, right? But if you are properly bankrolled for the game still, you want to ask, Am I profitable in this game at this point in time? And if the game's good and you're playing well, yeah, there's no reason you should worry about losing one hand. You're going to lose one hand in a row a lot in your poker career. You're going to get stacked a lot in your poker career, and that is fine. If you get up and leave every time you get stacked, you're going to be spending a lot of time not playing poker, which means that's a lot of time not extracting value from your opponents. The thing is, though, is that some players, whenever they get stacked like this, when they get unlucky, they get a little bit mad and annoyed and tilty. And then that's going to result in them losing almost all of their edge. Or they're going to become highly unprofitable. If that's you, well, you need to work on your tilt control. But if that is you, maybe you do want to leave. Also, maybe the game's no good. Maybe we're going to leave anyway kind of soon because the game's not very good. If that's the case, then obviously leave as well. So make sure you're making smart, sane decisions. Understand that you are going to lose hands sometimes, even when you get it in as a favorite, even as a big favorite, even when you run it multiple times. Remember, there was this hand a long time ago on TV where they got it all in. Uh, in pot limit Omaha and one player had like 25% equity and they ran it four times and the 25% equity won every time. <laughs> what a game. Aren't you glad you signed up to play this game? If you love poker, do me a favor. Click the like and subscribe button below.
You win some, you lose some. All you can do is show up and play great. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate all of you. Good luck in your games. And when you get it in good, I hope you hold up.